Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out, and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. Like growing up, coming from parents who immigrated to this country, who came here and they started doing nails. And that was like the only thing that they knew, the only career path that they ever told me about was being a doctor. Yeah. That's the only way that you could help people was to be a doctor. And that's all. what I've always wanted to do was to help people. So like I have to you know, go into medicine, went pre-med and whatnot, ended up switching my major to computer science, fell in love with it. And um, the only reason why I stopped college was because I couldn't financially afford it. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. Today's guest is Jasmine Vo, a software engineer without a college degree. And it's so cool because I witnessed your whole journey and how you did it. And you made a very interesting pivot. I believe it was from real estate, correct? Yeah, I was from real estate. I did real estate for about a year. And I had gone um, into computer science before. With um, I started college, never finished. But I was always interested in computer science and just coding in general. Did real estate because I thought it was like another passion of mine, something to pursue while I'm still young and have like this time to do so. But ended up, it wasn't for me. Yes. And every single like moment, I just miss coding. I miss being like doing something stimulating on my brain. And just whenever um, my colleagues would always ask for like, hey, can you help me with this CMS? Or like, can you help me with this software? And it just reminded me how much like I miss coding. I need to get back into it. So. Yeah, that's amazing. So why wasn't real estate for you? Personally, I'm not into sales. I just couldn't get into that. Um, yeah. And the market being the way that it was, you were constantly having to like drop everything you're doing for your clients. And so time-wise, like I was working like literally 20 hours a day. So it was just nonstop grind and I wanted something that was more suitable to, you know, my lifestyle, me like working out, being able to fit that in and, you know, having some time to like relax. <laughs> and you take workouts seriously. You're doing like several, you're probably doing like 10 plus hours a week at least, right? About 10, 10, 12, a little more. Yeah, about two hours a day. So, okay. 
No, that, that's good to see. So what do you do as a software engineer? Um, yeah, so my role is primarily 85% front end, which is why like I fell in love with the job in the first place. Because I, I like front end. I like being able to contribute to like the user's experience. Um, I like design. So right now we work on the website. And so our team handles like updating and like maintaining the website. So I'm currently working on adding like new features to the website, things that like you'll see when you scroll. So I think that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, no, that is pretty cool. Now, how did you get started? Well, I didn't know computer science existed like when I was in high school. And it wasn't until college that I discovered it as like a major. And I saw that and I was like, wow, I love computers. I've always been into computers, but I don't know what this, I don't know what they do or just anything about it. Cause like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's like the biggest thing of my life is like growing up coming from um, parents who immigrated to this country who came here and they started doing nails. And that was like the only thing that they knew the only career path that they ever told me about was being a doctor. Yeah. That was the only way that you could help people was to be a doctor. And that's all. what I've always wanted to do was to help people so I was like, I have to, you know, go into medicine, went pre-med and whatnot, ended up switching my major to computer science, fell in love with it. And um, the only reason why I stopped um, college was because I couldn't financially afford it. My parents went through divorce and it was just COVID at the time and just a lot going on. But I will say that everything that I've learned in and am doing in my current job, I did not learn in college. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think personally college is necessary to get started as a software engineer. I know that's a controversial statement, but explore different career paths of what, if you are interested in becoming a software engineer, there's so many different fields. Like you could, you could go into like data, front end, back end, like machine learning, like there's so many different cool fields of software engineering that you don't like typically hear about. You typically just hear about like people who work at Google or Facebook or like the big names. And so um, take some time to like deep dive into what like path you want to go into and then find like online resources because there are so many out there that you can use that have like listed out roadmaps of how to become like a front-end engineer or like how to get like a mobile be a mobile dev like there's so many tools out there that exist that people have you know spent so much time making that i think is all you really need along with like obviously putting in the work to do it because you know a dream is just a dream but if yeah. you don't actually put in the work to get there you're never going to yeah and so what resources helped you and can you describe what the work actually is? Because some of you will talk about, oh, you got to do work, you got to work hard. But what is it realistically like? How many hours a week did you do it? What was your timeline? What was the time frame? Um, I quit real estate and I was like, I'm going to focus full time on learning and prepping myself to be able to apply for jobs and actually be ready because people talk about being ready, but quit real estate and I treated my learning as a full-time job because 
that's what I was going to be doing is I was going to be, you know, in a job working 40 hours a week from, I didn't work eight to five, but I adjusted it to my schedule to where I was working like eight days a week and even on the weekend sometimes, but that was more like me doing passion projects or like yeah. outside of just learning. Um, and so I started with a lot of, you know, Googling, Reddit, all that. And I saw top, which was the Odin project. And so I started doing that, just dabbling on and off, like as I was like wrapping up my real estate career, just doing a couple hours a day. And then I realized it wasn't for me because the way the Odin project is structured is you read an article and then you go and do it on your own. Yeah. And you know, that might work for some people, but for me, I need like face to face, like video and being able to see it done. Yeah. That's how I learned personally. And so, um, while I was doing the Odin project, I also got on Twitter at this time. And this is when I met a lot of really cool people like you. And I saw a tweet about like having some sort of group for women who are transitioning and joined that group. And in that group on Discord is where I met Zyra, who introduced me to 100 devs. And that's when things like got really serious. That's when things started to like pick up in my learning, I would say. That's when I started transitioning to the 40 hours a week. And it was structured in a way that you could easily follow. You would watch a video, do the homework over it. There's a whole Discord channel. So if you have questions, there are people that are so many thousands of people that can answer that question right away. So that's the one thing about online learning is that it can get lonely. But with 100 devs, you have that huge community out there that's there for you. And that can help you on like super specific questions. And so I just took it one day at a time, um, going through each video homework. I kind of mapped out. I'm, I'm like OCD. I have to plan everything. And so I had a notion where I had um, the class, the homework, the day it was due. And I would check off every single day that I finished and kind of like timelined it. Obviously, I didn't meet like you know, nothing is perfect. Some days it might take you two days to finish homework or like longer or shorter or whatever. And so it wasn't perfect to what I had originally mapped out and just stuck to the timeline. And I ended up finishing in about two months, I think. So my goal was three months. So I made it, you know, before the two months or before the three months. And towards the end of the program is when you start applying to jobs. So that's <laughs> that's when I started applying and just using all the resources that I've picked up along the way, um, being on spaces on Twitter, that really helped a lot because you're listening to like actual developers themselves learning, you know, the way that they speak, the things that they do in their jobs, or just um, Sean's space where people are learning how to get a job in so all those are really you know contributing to me landing a job and obviously danny's um linkedin yeah i love that course and it it's not an overnight thing it takes time to build and i knew that so i started it like right when i started learning 
So by the time the two months were up, I had so many messages from like recruiters and just building my network throughout that time period and like doing coffee chats with people. I think you were, you were my first coffee chat. Really? Wow. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember, um, tweeting helped me a lot, like tweeting a hundred days of code. And every time I would tweet, you would reply to it. And it would just like on the days that you are feeling like, Oh man, like this is a lot. Just having that like motivation whenever you would just, you know, reply something like, this looks cool. Yeah, I, look, I didn't understand <laughs> some of it. So I put like fire emojis or good work. But I, I whenever I see someone who's working on a, a thing and I see it consistently because you come across so many people. Hey, I want to learn how to code. I want to do software engineering. But yeah, maybe they'll do it a week or two. But the fact is, and you're, you, yes, it took you two months, but you did 40 hours a week. Yeah. Most people, if you're doing... 30 hours a week, it may take three months. If you're doing 20 hours, 10 hours a week, it may take four to six months. So regardless of what you do, there is a timeline and there's a good amount of work that you have to spend, you know, several hundreds of hours to get to a point where you're competent. And then the job search and the networking, that's a whole total thing. And it takes time, right? Because the recruiter may reach out to you. You may not be a good fit. They may reach out two months later and now they may have something that's a better fit for you. Yeah, exactly. Now you went through it. What were the salary ranges of the interviews that you were getting, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I was mainly looking at junior roles or like front-end engineer. That's Those are the titles that I was looking at. And those were ranging from like, honestly crazy. Yeah. I would say the average was like 80 to 120. But I got some crazy answers from like, there was this recruiter one time who called... And it was like, what are your salary expectations at the time? This is when I was just starting. And so I actually had a lower number that I wanted to reach. And that was like 70,000. I was like, if I get 70, I'll be happy, you know, because I don't have a degree. And that made me pretty like insecure about like getting a job because you're up against people who, you know, have a degree and whatever. So I was just looking for 70. And at the time, I had mentioned like doing client work and like just freelancing websites and stuff and having that experience. And he was like, with two years of experience, like I asked for 70 and he was like, you're lucky to even get 40. And I was like, what? I was like, what? (laughs) No way. And then I just hung up. (laughs) No, you know what? It's sad because some recruiters, that's their experience. Maybe the clients that they work with, they paid this amount. But I know that you ended up getting something well more than 40. And I know many people who've landed double that. And I'm not saying everybody does, but when someone tells you, hey, you're lucky to get 40. And it's funny because next week you have an interview at 70 and next week you have an interview at 90. So don't let these people hold you back from applying. But the other thing is, if your industry is all 40, that may be a first year salary. And I've seen people jump up. I've seen people who's, who did unfortunately start at the 40 to 50K range. And then in a few years, they're making double, triple that because now they've upskilled themselves, they've learned specific software, and now they've become invaluable to the point that they have the ability, they, they're getting hit up by so many recruiters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I actually listened to um, someone else that came on the podcast who talked about starting at um, around 40 for like doing a web design or web development at a marketing agency. 
and whatnot. And so that was kind of my mindset was like, I just need a job and I can like level up in that time period. And then obviously like get a raise or get a different job that pays more. And so um, that's kind of where my head was at when I began. But after doing 100 devs, I gained so much confidence along the way because I was like, I've learned so much. I know how to do 10 times more things that I did like two months ago. And I felt confident that um, all the requirements on like the front end engineer, like junior developer roles that they have listed, I was like, I know how to do like 90% of this. Like I should increase like my own expectations of myself. And so at that point, I was like, I'm not going to sell for anything less than like 100,000 floral compensation because that's my dream, like yeah. salary or like highest salary that, you know, combined in my household. Yeah. So that was a number that I've always dreamt of hitting. And so um, I had, you know, a really supportive boyfriend too, who was like, you're so smart, blah, 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 blah. Like, don't sell for anything less. and. As soon as I did that, I started to see, you know, like more offers come in that they were like, oh, 100,000, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's it's so good to surround yourself with people who are supportive, like, you know, your boyfriend and just the community because that community will be like, hey, Jazz, what are you talking about? Like 40, yeah. you're worth more than that. I've seen that. And you get a lot of info. And then the other thing is, if you don't tell yourself you're worth whatever, you're not going to pursue those roles. You're going to see that and be like, oh, that's too much. They're asking for too much. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad you shifted that mindset. And let's go into the client work. So that obviously played a factor in you getting interviews and you setting yourself apart. Can you talk about the client work you did? Because I know I see on the website, the Jasmine's Visionary. And for anybody who's listening to the episode, check out Jasmine's GitHub. <laughs> she has a model GitHub if you want to get an idea of how to get <laughs> how to set yourself up. It was a model like github until i started my job and now i'm doing like working on a whole different github it's like a one but um yeah i watched so many videos on like how to be a perfect candidate obviously listened to a lot of danny thompson and so i was committing every single day um to github but in terms of client work that's something that was introduced to 100 devs which is another reason why i love 100 devs so much is because that client work gets you in the door with recruiters because you gained experience, you worked with a business, you provided value to a business. And that's what, you know, they're lo- ultimately looking for. It's like, are you going to benefit like our company? That's a hundred does is what taught me like the contracts of working with the client, like how to get a client, everything of like, everything from start to finish basically um and just so many people again along the way to help you with questions that you run into and for me that was my biggest selling point when i talked to recruiters and what got them interested in me to give me a chance was that i have experience (laughs) yeah it's experience and that's you know that separates you from someone who doesn't have any experience at all you know it's good because you're company was I Jasmine's visionary and here's the thing you don't even have to ever charge your clients yeah right as long as you're doing the work and you're solving the problem a lot of people think that software engineers are just coders no they solve business problems mm-hmm. and you can find people who know how to code but do you know 
how to find, can you find someone who no, understands their customers, understands who uses their products, understand who uses software and understands what they go through, right? Because when you go to a business, they don't care like, hey, do you use JavaScript? Do you yeah. use whatever? They care, I have this problem and can you fix it? And that's what you want to do. One thing I want to give advice for people in the audience, if you're doing unpaid work, ask the business owner to send you a dollar. Just to, It doesn't matter. Because then at the end of the year, you can actually have like a transcript. When you submit verification for work history, you can black out how much you made. So you can black out that dollar. They may assume whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that counts as work history because some companies look for the IRS transcript to count as legitimate mm-hmm. work experience. So just uh, one tip. Um, and most people would say, hey, I'll send you a dollar. You know, I it's, did it's not know that. Most of yeah. my work was actually not um, not paid. I, yeah. Like I volunteered to do it. I was like, I need experience. Will you give me a review? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I heard that from a space like, do the work and just ask for like a LinkedIn recommendation. And that's what yeah. I did. And then I also joined like open source. And I put that on my resume as like, experience too which really helped um like it doesn't have to be paid whatsoever and jasmine's visionary was not i think i also heard this on his face but um the idea to create a business i think it was from danny but create a business on linkedin and you know just come up with the logo and then post your website on there and post it under your experience of all the client pages that you have done so that was another thing that got me looks is that I had that work experience, like actual um, section on LinkedIn. So that really helped a lot too. And, you know, they didn't know that it wasn't paid. They yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's paid or not. It matters whether or not you did the work because in the interview, they're not going to say, how many dollars did you charge for this project? It's going to be like, hey, what did you do? Why did you do it? Why did you do the solution this way? What was your thought process? And that's what you have to do. No, no. So thank you for really sharing that. Let's take it back to high school. What do you want to be in high school? Um, High school, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon because being a doctor was the only way that you could help people is what I like grew up. Yeah the philosophy of what I grew up on and that's all I want to do is help people. And so I was like, I'm going to be a doctor and I watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy and I was like, I love Mark Sloan. Um, I like surgery because you're like cutting into people. That sounds really weird, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like that person. I need to do something that's like hands-on, like that's the type of job that I need And so I was like, I want to go into surgery, plastic surgery is not just aesthetics, but like burn victims and like maybe you have babies that are conjoined at the head and you're born and like, it's just life changing that that's something that they're going to see every day that you help them with. So that was my thought process going into it. Um, Then I got to college and I was in biology, pre-med and I was like, it's just going in, in my head and like leaving. I love yeah. chemistry, but I hated biology. And then I decided to take, um, I joined the Vietnamese student association and I met other people in different, different majors that I was in and I was exposed to computer science. And I was like, let me take a course in it and see, you know, how it goes. Took a summer course in it, literally fell in love, like C plus plus writing basic hello world like i was amazed (laughs) 
And it's crazy that that one program could do that to you, but the people who get it, get it. Yeah. No, I mean, coding is is magical. And, when, and you know, anything, once you find something that you really enjoy, it just clicks. It's like, wow, I like this. I want to spend extra time on this. I want to do more than the assignments. I want to go further. And you find that even like a lot of college students, when you go to classes, is that a lot of students know the stuff before. Like the best students, they, they've learned it. They've done it. They've already built a project and they're kind of going for formality. How long did you go to college for? Um, I went for three years. Technically four, I did one year in biology and then I was three years into computer science. And then you mentioned that it just, you just couldn't afford it. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So like my parents went through a divorce and it was COVID at the time and it was just a difficult time for my family. So I was already working full time being a host and a server at a restaurant and that still wasn't enough. Because college is expensive. <laughs> yeah. That's when I got into real estate because that was something that I could do quick school on and then get started. Like I said. Yeah. What did you do in real estate? Can you go more into that? Yeah. I was a real estate agent. I helped people buy and sell homes. I did a land deal. I did rental and then also purchasing. That was um, my first year in real estate wasn't very reliable income. That was another reason why I stopped doing real estate is because I needed that stability. And, you know, like now I get paid like every two weeks and it's really Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, cause I know a lot of people just say, you see those things online, like real estate, make lots of money, sell these houses. It's so easy, but it, it's really not. Can you go into like wh- what makes it much harder than people portray it to be? Um, yeah. So obviously what you hear is big commission checks, right? And that's, there's a whole process that leads up to that. Um, starting from one, the most, the biggest part is prospecting, securing a client. I just moved to the city, um, Atlanta. And so I didn't know anybody. And I was like, who am I going to buy? Who am I going to help buy a house or like sell a house when I don't know anybody here? And so the biggest thing about real estate is that you're constantly like networking or like cold calling, which I'm not a fan of in order to get clients just to get, you know, start that first step. And once you, once you get that client, you're, you're educating them on a lot of different things, walking them through the steps. At that time of the market, it was so crazy that here in Atlanta, um, you would get like a hundred offers on one home. So like I'd have a client, (laughs) I'd have a client and they're like, I really like this home. I would check out the listing on the MLS is what it's called. And I would see, you know, showings are booked up. They would have like 60 showings in three days, which is crazy. Yeah. That's that's crazy. People going to see that home by the end of the day, there's already multiple offers that the sellers have already accepted. So everything just moved so fast that it was really difficult for buyers. And that, that was sad for me to like watch is, you know, you have these buyers that fall in love with a home that they don't even have a chance on. How often would you get paid? Like, I guess you'd get a big check and then maybe not get paid for a couple of months. How was that? Yeah, you only get paid when the house sells, like when the house goes into closing. So you have your 
your process of, you know, securing the client. Once you have your client, they find a home they fall in love with, make an offer, offer gets accepted. And then from there is where you go into finances, getting pre-approved and then final approval for your loan, inspection, appraisal, and then finally closing, which is normally like two or three months after your initial offer. So the time it takes to find the client, go through that whole process could be months. For some clients, it's like over a year because of how tight the market was. So you don't get paid until they close on that home and move in. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's rough. It's not, you can't predict, you know, how much you're going to make because you don't know how the market is going to turn out. So there were times where I was like, wasn't getting paid for like six months. And I was like, this is really rough. <laughs> yeah. And I had to take out loans actually. So whole other ordeal. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's stressful because a lot of the people who tend to do well, right, they've had it for years. So they've built a huge book of business. They're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of clients. They know a lot. They know a lot of intricacies and yeah. all that. So when was it that you're like, all right, I'm done with this. I got to pursue something else. I was starting to burn out heavily, like in, um, towards the end of November of 2020. One, because I was working, like I said, I was working like 10 to 12 hour days and you're constantly like on the phone, like being social, um, which I'm an introvert. So like my battery gets drained pretty quickly. Um, So that was really tough for me. And I was like also going to the gym at like 5 a.m. so that I could be available for showings for the rest of the day. So it was, um, wasn't really making time for myself back then. And I started to burn out and, um, no, it was December, 2021. I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And so start of 2022 is when I started like looking into different avenues, looking into like, how can I get a job in computer science as a software engineer without a degree? And that's what I kind of spent like, the first six months of January doing while also doing real estate. That's definitely a rough transition. I'm glad it all paid off. I mean, you you put in the work, you you did the right things. Now, looking back, was there anything you do differently to do it faster? I don't know that there's anything that I could have done differently. I think life works out the way that it's supposed to. And you learn so many lessons along the way that you were meant to learn. <laughs> So like, I'm just really grateful to be where I'm at right now. And I yeah. feel like I have like a wealth of knowledge going through these different experiences. So I don't regret, regret going into real estate at all either because I learned so much. Yeah. I mean, it's important to learn what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe you might come back in a different mm-hmm. capacity or who knows, but it, it's always good to have that experience because other people can learn, um, especially from this episode of why it wasn't for you. Maybe they might be like, hey, I'm, I'm similar. Now, did you run into an issue during interviews of not having a college degree? I don't think I did. I kind of avoided the ones that said required. So any job applications that said required, I kind of ignored unless I 
felt like super confident in the other requirements. So it was never really an issue. I also um, was told to just, but I guess I did have an advantage of going and starting my degree in computer science because I could put, you know, major computer science, but I didn't have to say that I finished. I put the years that I did it for, but it's at the bottom of the resume. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever got to that. Yeah. So with, you know, with the resume, you look top to bottom and my work experience of doing open source, doing the client work that filled up like 90% of the page. So I really don't think that um, people even looked at it. Never had recruiters say like, do you have a college degree? Okay. Yeah. A lot of times when you have good experience like yours and you, it's laid out well, it's like, hey, they're not even thinking about that because yeah. they're like, oh, you know the right programming languages, you have client experience, uh, you have good projects, we want to talk to you. And then they just forget, right? They just focus on your actual experience. Yeah. Have you personally ever felt insecure about not having a degree? Yes, definitely. <laughs> It was always a goal of mine to be the first one in my family to get a degree, like entire family, including like um, non, you know how there's like. Yeah, the cousins and the family friends. Yeah. yeah, there's literally nobody in my family that has a college degree. So it was always something that um, I loved learning as a kid. And, you know, I was taking like, I was in the gifted and talented and like pre-AP, AP, like I love learning. So I was really good and like smart, I would say. So my whole family kind of expected me to be the first one to get the degree. And so not finishing really like disheartened me. Yeah. And it felt like I was disappointing them in a way. So that always made me feel like really sad. Yeah. No, but did you like, did you get past it when you got the job? Was it a lot easier after that? Oh, yeah. So I would say after listening to the podcast is when I started to feel more secure about it. And when I started to develop skills that I felt I would have never learned in college anyways, like everything that I'm doing today in web development, like that was never taught in college. And so it kind of made me look at things differently in terms of like how useful is a college degree anyways. And just being confident in my skills now that I have without one. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just goes to show that it's like there are many ways to learn. You could mm-hmm. go to a college class, you could go online, go on Reddit, take courses, whatever. And every way is valid because at the end of the day, when you have a client issue, when you have a feature you have to develop, they're not going to say, where did you learn it? As long mm-hmm. as you learned it somehow and you can solve the problem. And the fact is, you're always going to be learning new things. Right? Even if you went to college, you're going to be dealing with specific scenarios and you have to figure it out. And you're not going to be like, hey, I took CS332 and that's where it came from. And most likely it did not. So now I want to ask you something different. Let's talk about the future. What are your future goals now? You you hit like a, a, a dream salary. You hit a great role. What are you striving for in the future right now? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this. It's something that I've been thinking about ever since I got my job because obviously that was my my mini goal. And then now it's like steps towards the future. Um, I really love the company that I'm at right now. So I'm currently just working on learning as much as I can while I'm there. 
not saying that like I plan on leaving or anything like that, but just like taking use of this time to really like level up my skill set, learn from all the experienced developers there. And then um, my ultimate goal is that I want to help other people, well, women of color, specifically Asian women, um, discover like new career paths tech specifically in tech and land their first job because like I said again being Asian your only career option that you have is like in medicine and so you're not exposed to this whole world of tech it's like a whole different world that we just don't know about and what you don't know you don't know what you don't know so I just want to be able to help people land jobs in tech. Yeah. Like, no. Just and I know you will because no. you have like such an interesting career path. So I, I know a lot of people, you'll inspire a lot of people. Now, this is going to be a little different, but what would you say is the biggest mistake that you've made? I guess just not believing in myself sooner. Not like being insecure about not having a degree, which led to me not believing in myself. And everything that I'm capable of, because I know now that I'm capable of so much. So degree or not, I could do anything that I wanted because I've always had that tenacity inside of me, like that work ethic. If you could talk to like the 16 to 18 year old version of yourself, you saw her walking across the street today. (laughs) What would you tell that version of Jasmine? When I was a teenager, in high school i had lived in san jose california for like the first half of my life i would say with my dad and then um moved to longview texas with my mom and that was like a huge culture shock for me because i was the only asian person there and that's something that i struggled with because i was made fun of a lot and it made me not really embrace my culture And kind of, I was embarrassed of like being Vietnamese. So looking back then, like I would tell myself just to not listen to what anybody else says and just be proud of who I am. And that's something that's like really important for me. It's not easy because, you know, like I grew up in New York City, right? So New York City, it's like everywhere. But when I came in, when I was younger, like there weren't that many Bengali people or people that looked like you. So when you met someone else, you're like, oh, you're from the same place. And just having friends and of people who understand, you know, how your parents are, how they treat you. And then when you kind of go and then people are like, well, you're this, you're that, you're this negative stereotype. When it's like, they don't even know you. They don't even know what you went through. They don't know how hard your parents worked. And they have so many misconceptions. It's not easy. And especially when they kind of use that to have a value judgment on you as a person and who you're going to be. It's it's not fair at all. And I think it's very important for people like you to speak up and share your stories because I know there are people in all parts of the world, you know, especially over the U.S. who like they're the only person and they don't have anybody to listen to or they don't have anybody to look up to. I was going to say it wasn't until college that I joined like the Vietnamese Student Association. I drove five hours away from um, that small town that I grew up in. And like that's, I knew that's what I needed 
And that's when I met like other people who looked like me. And I was like, just instantly felt like home, like, like, wow, this is nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if you ever buy in New York city, you're going to see like four Vietnamese restaurants in the same area. So, um, you'll, you'll appreciate that. Now, as we come up to an end, what's something that you'd love to share that you haven't shared already? Something that I haven't shared already is my history of um, drugs. So my first job. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Papa John's. <laughs> okay, I used to work at Popeye's. So really? Yeah, yeah, I used to work at Popeye's. I used to work at Barnes & Noble's Cafe and all that stuff. So how, how was Papa John's? Um, Papa John's was really fun. I actually really liked it. I was supposed to be a cashier and then slowly got promoted like up as like team lead flipping pizza and stuff. Okay. It was really fun. But the most like the reason why I brought that up was because I find it so relevant to how I am today and what kind of shaped me as a person was like working these different jobs. I worked at Papa John's. I worked at Amazon Warehouse. I worked. That's a hard job. Everybody yeah. I know who worked at Amazon Warehouse was like, this was the hardest period of my life. All for 10 hours. Yeah. And you have like this timer going that's like tracking your metrics of like how fast you work. But um, doing that, working in a snow cone shop, um, worked at those phone people that call you asking like if you'd like to do a survey that I didn't yeah. that. <laughs> no you know what's interesting <laughs> I did one survey I, I answered them because I know and it was like 15 minutes 20 minutes and yeah. I got like a, it was like a five ten dollar gift card I didn't even do it and you know I forgot the gift card expired so I was like <laughs> oh man and they went deep they went to like sexual history and all that stuff wow. and I was like I didn't even get my five dollars out of it but no that's not an easy job no <laughs> But it's just like working in all these different backgrounds really makes you appreciate like where I am today working like remotely working, like making the salary that I make and just all those social, not just social, but like being able to communicate like all those soft skills that you learn in those part-time jobs, like I think are so important for people who just go from college and then they jump straight into like looking for a job. You kind of miss that, that those soft skills that you really need to learn to develop as a person. Yeah. Cause I know at Papa John, sometimes people curse at you. They're like, yeah. Hey, this is not, this is not the right topping and surveys. People just like hang up, like, mm-hmm. you know, so many things. So, yeah. And I think it's really important for people who don't have co- a lot of people without college degrees tend to at least work those jobs because it's like, Hey, I need money. I need something. And I don't, I don't have this great gig that my parents have set up for me or my friends have set up for me but you learn and they're fun in a certain way like you look back and it's like hey i remember when i made like x number of pizzas like when i worked at popeyes and i take extra fried chicken during my lunch break like i still you know look back on those times exactly so the people who have gone through jobs like that should feel so much more confident in themselves like going through an interview because you have that experience you have like those skills that people who just go from college to a job don't have so you do have that upper hand on them in that way so that's like a positive way of looking at things no it is a very positive way and then the workplace is so much easier i don't know fast food workplace is just different and then at the end of the day you make like i used to make like 715 so you now it's a little more but you make like 
80, you make like 60 bucks after like I the whole know. day. It was like seven twenty five for me. And now okay. seeing McDonald's pay 16 an hour. I'm like, what the heck? You know, it's funny for me. Then I worked at Barnes and Nobles. It was seven seventy five, but they accidentally gave me a dollar raise. So like my first paycheck was eight seventy five, and they're like, "Hey, we forgot to give you this paycheck. It was seven seventy five. And I talked to other people. They're like, "I've been working here three years. I only make eight twenty five because they only give like twenty five cents a year raise." And so that's the thing. And now if I got a dollar raise, it'd be like, "What?" Like that would have no impact on anything. Um, at all that. So it's cool. So how would people like support you? Get in contact with you. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm mostly, I'm trying to be more active on there. Um, as I work towards like slotting out some time to kind of mentor, that's something that I'm trying to get into is I want to focus on like mentoring one person right now. I'm helping my friend get a job yeah, because um, she, she's like smart, but she doesn't have the soft skills. Yeah. So that's what like, I'm kind of helping her with right now. She's, about to get a job offer. I'm pretty yes. sure. So I'm excited about that. But um, once, you know, she lands her job, I want to open up my time to help somebody else. So okay, reach awesome. me on Twitter. Um, yeah. Okay, awesome. So we'll, I'll have her Twitter in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time, Jasmine. This was such a fun episode. I've been waiting for it. Ever since, like, you know, we worked on the resume, I was like, I can't wait for her to get her job and share her story because, I, you know, I, I witnessed like, yeah, I used your reason, hey? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad it, it got results, and you know, feel free to pass it on forward. Yeah, I remember that first meeting, our first coffee chat, also resume review thing, and I was like, hopefully, I'll be on your podcast someday. Yeah, and you did it. And look, I'm gonna have you back. So whenever the time frame is, when you another thing, I'd love to kind of you know follow up any journey, and I'm gonna be supporting you on Twitter. So I'll definitely see you there. Thank you. (laughs) Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. <laughs>